A very good morning on behalf of Teach 613. We welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Kiddushin Yud Gimel. Kiddushin 13b. Pagination is 26. We're starting from midway on the page towards the end of a line. There's the two dots. Vikona es Atzma. And a woman acquires herself back from the marriage. Beget with a bill of divorce. Uvamises Habal. Or with the death of the husband which is what we're going to focus on in this selection. Bishlama get, I understand get, the Gemara says. Dixiv, it's a posuk, because of losefer krisus. He writes her a bill of divorce that cuts her off a document and gives it to her. That's going to be what severs the marriage bond. Elo, misas habaal minolon. How do you know that the death of the husband is indeed a termination on the marriage relationship. And at first the Gemara says what I think goes through our minds, Sivarahu. It's logical. Hu Asra, Vuhu Sharsa. He is the one who's forbidding her from getting married to somebody else. And therefore his death, he's removed from the equation, so to speak is going to permit her to get married to somebody else. Uh, you could look at this in very simplistic terms. If you have a pen, and that pen is owned by a person, if that person would die, so the pen is no longer owned by him. So it's going to be owned by someone else. In the case of inheritance... So it goes to belong to somebody else. If the person had no relatives, such as a ger, so until he marries and has children, etc., he has no relatives. That's an example of a person who's born fresh, no relatives. That pen will be ownerless. And similarly, with the woman, the minute the man gets pulled out of the equation... So then she's single. She has no bond with him and therefore she's not prohibited. That is what we would call elementary logic. Svarahu. It's logical. And it is most noteworthy that to that logic the Gemara objects. Says the Gemara, Vaha'arayis the way immoral relationships work is that in some cases, certainly, it becomes forbidden and it remains forbidden even when the catalyst for the prohibition is no longer in the equation. Rashi says, Kigon, for example, Eshes Aviv, the wife of his father, Vikaloso, or his daughter-in-law, these women remained forbidden to the man even when the catalyst passes away. So that a person is forbidden to the wife of his father even after his father's passing. This woman was once the wife of his father and she remains forbidden. The, do- the wife of his son, his daughter-in-law, is going to remain forbidden even if the son passes away. 
And therefore you see that the way immoral prohibitions work, the way arayas work, is that once they become forbidden, they remain forbidden. And so, it's a legitimate question to ask, how do you know that a married woman goes free from her married woman state once the husband passes away? If you'll drop down towards the bottom of the page, about ten lines up, the Gemara says, Kra, first word on the line, it's based on a Pasuk, Pen Yomus Pamilchama, lest the man will die in battle, the Ish Acher Yikocheno, and another man will take her. This Pasuk is talking about Shana Rishona, a person who just got married, and he is freed from the obligation of going to war in certain types of wars, with the wording, lest he die in battle and another man would take his wife. And that, for whatever reason, which we can discuss, was such a fear or a pressure, or whatever exact explanation is, but clearly the Pasuk is describing a situation that the man would die and another man would be able to take that woman. Clearly, the way Ashes Ish, married woman status, works is not like the other Arias, and the death of the husband does indeed free the woman. This topic is related to a number of other topics in which this question presents itself. Does a woman go free from the marriage simply because her husband is no longer alive, no longer around? Or do we need a matir? Do we need something to actually go ahead and free her, and that something is either a get or the death of the husband, which is an act, it's an event, which sets her free. The starting point of this discussion is the writing of the Trumas Hadeshen in Psakim Simen Kuf Beis, in which he considers the status of Eishes Eliyahu Hanavi, the wife of Eliyahu Anavi, Eliyahu the prophet, who ascended to the status of Malach, angel, but did not actually die. Interestingly, the Trumas Hadeshen writes, Nafgamina Lidoros, and I'm exploring this topic because it has ramification for generations, Im Yiske Echod, if another person in the course of history will ever merit such a status to morph into an angel or whatever the correct English word might be, what would the status be of his wife? Interesting. Says the Truma Sadashan, Yesh Lomar, it is possible, Eshesrehu Asura, only the wife of your fellow man is forbidden, Velo Eishes Maloch, 
and not the wife of an angel. And therefore, the Trumas Hadeshen is presenting the possibility that such a woman would be permitted to another man because her husband is no longer here. And it's not Eshes Re'ehu, the wife of your fellow man. The Kovat Shiurim in Chelek Bey's Simen Chav Ches objects to such an approach. And he writes based on our Gemara that you see that Mises Habal is not just the absence of the husband, because to that the Gemara replied, a woman may become an erva and not lose that status even after the death of the catalyst that caused her to become that erva. The logic of Mises Habal is not merely a logic that he's no longer here, but rather a matir. We needed a posuk to tell you that Mises Habal has the power to free the woman. And if Mises Habal does not occur, it could be that the woman remains forbidden forever.